now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Hey, it's Yolanda Ed Dryer Buzz. This right here might be one of the best episodes as we take you down the history of some of the things that I've done and bring you right back to full truth. But listen, it's also the holidays. And I got to tell you, listen, go check out shopdryerbuzz.com. All my secret Santas, go check out shopdryerbuzz.com. I also want you to check out the boxes that everyone will want under the tree. It's your one-stop secret Santa shop. And that is for the handmade bath and shower soaps by Dryer Buzz. Also got a bookstore. Listen, you get them a gift card and they can shop anywhere on the store. But listen, also here it is. Okay, listen, listen. The $10 gift cards through the holiday season are just $5. We're going to match your Christmas giving, okay? So listen, go and get yourself some $10 gift cards. Now, if you in the bigger clubs where y'all are doing $25, $50, $100, we got those too. But at least, at least get yourself, get yourself a $10 gift card so you can go and explore over at shopdryerbus.com. Again, don't forget to check out the mystery boxes. Everybody will want one in their stocking or under the tree. That's shopdryerbuzz.com. The sun is coming up, um, and I want to go ahead and do this because I just noticed I want to do this before I have to get out of bed and I have to charge the phone. And and uh, I'm listening as the heat just came on, which means it's cold out there. Hey, everybody, it is a Tuesday morning, and you know, in a previous life, my Tuesdays used to be my chill days, and I had to swap my days around. Uh, so now I take Mondays, or I take them when I can get them, basically. And the only reason, the reason for the change today is I needed to order some supplies yesterday, and I had to set some priorities because, one, I wanted to catch a deal. Uh, two, I forgot about one other thing. And uh, just trying to get it all done. And so that allowed me to take the day. And then uh looks like uh, we're trying to decide, you know, it being the holidays and everybody trying to, and, and end of year, everybody trying to get everything in. Uh, in this end of year, uh, we may, I may have Wednesday as well. We're trying to decide if if we want to do, if I want to do, my, my co-host is, has an appointment. And I'm trying to decide if I want to do it with uh, a stand-in. And I, it depends on how I, I told it depends on how I get through the day because I could take another day. Um, and usually that happens, and, and this is just in my thoughts and processing because I don't, I don't want to feel like we're lacking or slacking. Um, it's just, you know, it's something that happens. It's the end of the year, and it's where, you know, you have to try and get everything done because of it being a calendar year fiscal year, all of those things. It's December. It is December. And I think I want to talk about, I'm not going to grab the journal, hopefully. Just some things need to get shuffled, I think that's the word. And I just don't want to, um, and how I'm going to get out of bed, I don't want it to, I don't want to take, internalize it and turn it around and, and develop depression because of it or anxiety because of it. It's just that it's the end of the year. And not only that, it's the end of 2020 and all that that entails. Um, and, it, and it's also a time when we start looking at, you know, getting excited because in the Western culture, this is pretty much, you know, the biggest of the, well, the second of the biggest holidays, you know, Thanksgiving is actually a larger holiday um, celebrated probably or, in, you know, I want, yeah, I celebrate by more than uh, Christmas, and I'm talking like economy wise. It's like everything shuts down um, for Thanksgiving, and not so much on Christmas. You know, some it, it they used to be one in the same kind of thing, but more and more, you know, we're seeing that the economy is really the driving force behind a lot that is done in the Western culture, hence our suffrage with this virus, um, simply because they don't want to slow the economy down, you know, and that's the driving, that's the driving force, healthcare economy, you know, making money. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, you know, me, I have to look at my units of measures, how, how I get out of bed is based on how, what each day means, what I have to do each day. 
and uh and luckily you know processing it and then where we are in the month is another thing this being uh, the first week of the month, we are actually the second week of the month. We're full on into the second week of the month. And then, too, I have the countdown of the event this weekend. So, I am, and that's one of the reasons why my yesterday I was like, let me make sure I have everything that I need. So, I was ordering some things. I had some things arriving. And I need a couple other things. And I was trying to get those here. I full on yarned, y'all. I just full on yarned. And that might be a good thing. Yarning, I guess, is a good thing. But, um, so I'm also ordering, you know, the last bit of things that I feel like I'm going to need. And then I need to spend a day getting that stuff ready. I don't know. And then I, I today, uh, on Tuesday, I'm now shipping on Tuesday, um, uh, because we're, we, we're extending the sale. And so just waiting for all of the orders to, you know, to come in and, and making sure that I have, and I know I have everything because we do an inventory before, during, and uh, just keeping track of it. And and now we're starting to get more uh, offline orders, but people who want to, you know, just participate in the sale, they just, you know, are not yet doing online. It is what it is. And I used to be like, go to the website. Now I'm like, no, you can call. Uh, We can get this thing processed. And then, and then two, um, it being the end of the year, we've already started auditing, you know, kind of analyzing how this is working, what's working, and we've had to add a couple of features, still trying to, you know, come up with things. And it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's fun um, because I I always love the data science of it all and, and just watching, you know, you know me, I love watching behaviors and disciplines and, and so forth and, and, and how people receive and perceive and how people try to change all that up. And it's like, where'd you pull that from? Uh, so it's, it's a lot, it's still exciting. I love that I wake up. I love what my first thoughts are of the day, as opposed to worrying about something that has happened. I'm still having to catch myself on social media with some of the things that we see. And I'm like, you know, I, I literally have to, and I have never been, I'm about to say it. Yeah. I have never been one to say, leave a platform, take a break, turn it off. I am about, look, unfollow that for a minute. Don't, you don't need to see that right now. If it's causing that kind of reaction and, and you know, guys, like I said, 20 years, um, I was a blogger and interviewed, you know, some of the top celebrities. And I have just seen this thing go from what it was to what it is now. And I'm like, I just, I, I, and I know it's a generational thing, and I know every generation does it, but this stuff that's out there now that qualifies as human entertainment, and and I'm watching, and, and the, what I'm disturbed by is I'm watching a particular person. I don't even want to say their name on this thing. I'm watching particular age, gener- I'm watching a particular generation miss make so many missteps like listen um i'm of i'm what am i i always mix it up i'm gen y no i I feel like i'm mixing it up gen x let's see (laughs) you almost have to say your abc's to get to this thing okay W X Y Z, but see the ones before us, they don't even go by a letter. They go by, you know, we have the silent generation and the boomers and I'm a child of the boomers raised by the silent generation. So I was raised, you know, multi-generational, right? And there are those, you know, who aren't multi-generational, but then there are those that are, and there are a lot of things that kind of crept into my generation, which I want to say we were why. X. God, it's confusing. Well, anyway, uh, I'm the generation, I'm the parent of millennials. Put it that way. Let's do that. Because everybody knows millennials, all right, who are now themselves becoming parents and aging into their 30s, right? They're they're well in their 30s, and and I think the last of them are turning 30, right? And then you got the 20. Let me just do it that way. Okay, let's just say the 50-year-olds. Like, my parents are, are 70 heading to 80, right? So, um, then you have 
And then there were my grandparents. My grandparents actually were two different generations. And I, I had to learn that um, over the time. Over the time. I remember learning that. Like, because, you know, they were both grandparents. But then realizing that one set was, you know, in another decade than the other. And uh, and, and so that was the thing. But because but, I kept trying to understand my parents. We, we go through life trying to figure out our parents, right? And we... Too many of us, y'all, let me say this. Let me let me help us all out. We apply too much to an individual and their character, and that's not the individual, and that's not the character. It's it's society and their generation. It's, it's and it's not even the society, it's not even society and their generation. What I have come to discover, thanks to the 20 years that I was an influenced influencer, uh, is that the things that influenced them, and so the mediums, going back to media, media and different mediums, like we, before now, well, even up to now, we all had different mediums, okay? So today, you know, the guiding factor in in society is social media, um, and it's called social media. All these different platforms that we participate in, and you know, if you ever check my screen time, it's gonna just be off the chain. My from every waking moment, my phone is in my hand. All of my work is on my phone. Uh, sometimes I dread going sitting at the laptop and the desktop, which I need to do more of, and I need to update my phone because it's like killing my eyes at this point. At ten minutes into this, I think it said ten minutes into this, which means I probably went live right about eleven o'clock. Oh my god, how did I do that? I mean, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. It's ten. It's ten and a half. So I went. I went live a minute after seven. That's interesting. Um, so the influence of on generations is what why we're here. So I'm watching. I'm watching some people, a few people in the generations that they're in their sixties. Now, if I say sixties, you probably go right to Wendy Williams, Oprah, Gail King. Um, and those are influencers that I came of age with, right? It's through the mediums, right? Wendy Williams is on television. Gail King, I'm going to watch her as soon as I finish this on, on a medium. Oprah had a medium and it has a changing medium. They're trying to embrace digital now, um, uh, because the magazine is, you know, pretty much over. Um, and, 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 and then some others, right? So, and they're in they're in their sixties. I'm in my I'm in my fifties. I'm in chapter fifties plus. Um, and then my kids are and then they're the forties in between, and then my kids are heading into their thirties, right? In their thirties and, and wrapping up their twenties. My 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 youngest daughter just turned twenty nine and my son follows behind her uh a couple of years and he just, you know, turned he's in mid twenties. So and so I'm looking at now the blessing with them, the lower end of my millennials is, you know, they did their mediums were selective. They select, they select, they're able to select their mediums. Whereas, you know, we only had, a, my generation only had a limited few and the generations that raised me and in their influences, you know, they had less than I had, you know, even no matter what was out there, they, they had less than that. Right, we always have you know less than that, so um, and have to create our own and have to look because it's all about the imagination, it's all about the imagination. And, and what I my frustration in, in any given part of the day comes when I see people wasting their imagination, just not using their imagination. They don't, I get on my daughter. Uh, about this all the time. Uh, I was I was doing some things for her, and um, and I said to her, "Man, I just wish you, you know." She has a pet peeve. Like whenever I go into her room and talk to her, I have this thing about straightening out her cover. She's she gets in the bed and just long as she's covered up, I'm like, "Dang, do you have to like mess it up so bad?" So she is so funny, Patty Betty. Uh, I, we were talking, and I walked over, and I went to straighten out, you know, the bottom of her cover, right? And she's like, why must you do that? And I'm like, because it drives me crazy. She, she's one of those people that gets in the bed and pulls the cover up, so the cover is not straight out at the bottom of the bed. I'm the kind of person, I'm in the bed, y'all. I just woke up, 
my covers look like I'm not even in the bed. Like, they are, like, and then I want to straighten it out even some more because, I mean, I don't, I, I judge, one, I judge how I wake, how my bed is when I wake up, how I slept last night. If I tossed and I turned, if I, if I just rested. And I'm usually, once I fall asleep in a spot, I'm, I don't, I don't toss and turn, Right. That's how I, that's how I sleep. And if I wake up and things are, you know, just disheveled, I'm, I'm like, Hey, what happened with to me last night? And it's usually, you know, I'm waking up with and it's a struggle, like waking up, like what, you know, I'm at, probably had a nightmare. I don't know. So get, getting away from my pet peeve. Um, so I want to say that I'm, I'm trying not to be judgmental. And I think, I'm like, dang, do I need to go delete a tweet? I don't want to even delete the tweet. <laughs> I was ta- I was having a discussion with somebody about it. And they were like, yeah, I saw your tweet. And it wasn't, it was, it was like, I can't believe that this woman, Wendy Williams, I can't believe that in all, I'm going to grab, because you know I have my juice next to me and I need to take a sip. I know with things that have gone on with me, and one of the reasons I do how to get out of bed is because I talk openly, honestly about some of the traumas that have gone on in life, right? And and I'm talking to, I'm talking, I'm trying to have my thoughts out loud. And I'm that person. I want everybody to think out loud. And I know it's not copacetic to think out loud because some people have some really bad thoughts. Some people have some really good thoughts. But I want people to be free. We talked about that yesterday when we opened up and talked about that risk and the PTSD and so forth. And there was this clip going around, and luckily, I went to the source. I went to the source, but I kept seeing this clip. This is the sad part, and 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 I want to say this about the whole Wendy Williams situation and what happened. And yesterday, um, we found out the world found out that she lost her mother. That in all of this, um, that she lost her mother, and 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 wouldn't say specifically when. It was like many, many, many. It was just weird, weird and odd. But at the same time, weeks ago, um, people were saying, hey, what's wrong with this woman? Is she back on drugs? What's going on? And I'm like, who endures that? And why Why does people whom we admire and many aspire to be um, have to live like that? You know, like you rather sit through rather than say, You've had a loss, and this is what grief looks like. Because now we got to backtrack, right? Now people got to go back. People out there, oh, here come all the posts. You never know what a person is going through. Hell no, you never know what a person is going through because we have put people at a point where they can't talk about what they're going through. How is it that we? it's okay to say, dang, she looked like she might be hitting the pipe again. She might be, uh, her, her, she might have, what do they call relapse. That's okay to have that kind of conversation rather than say, I'm grieving. That's why I probably got to a point where I can't get out of bed because it's like, damn, when it happened to me, grief, that is, not drugs. When grief happened, you look around like, damn, why nobody didn't say it felt like this or hurt like this. You go through this, go through that. And I'm like, you know what? Let me say something. And when I decided to say something, I had a girlfriend call me. She said, hey, listen, I want you to come and be at my event. I would go to the event. She's like, can you stay there after the event? Let's have a, let's have some f- dinner, right? She had, I'm like, well, you just had food at your event. No, let's sit and talk. I want to sit and talk. So we were going to sit and talk. And the other side, of the, we were going to sit and talk. They decided, well, I'm going to hang out with y'all. But she really wanted to have an intimate conversation with me because I was sharing about taking care of my mom. And she was having that question, having some questions. And she said, and in the midst of everybody trying to be in the merriment around us, in, in, in our influence, we finally get to a point where we can sit and talk. She says, um, I'm having, um, this is what my, this is what's going on with my mom. And she was wanted to ask me about facilities and kind of find out that she, her mom was in a facility that I had to forcefully remove my mother from forcefully remove my mother from. And I told her, so get your mother out of there right now. It was too late. And I never want to be too late again. And so she said, I'm going home right now. I'm going to get with my sister. We're going to take care of this. And I get an early morning message that her mom had passed. And I said, okay, that hurt. 
never wanted to, never want to feel that again. I never want to leave somebody wondering what to do. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start talking about this. And me being a blogger, I had not, I, I, I wasn't blogging about that. People still had the assumption, even my own family. Like, I was, I called my dad one day. He, he was like, and I was like, Dad, look, this is what's going on. I'm still, you know, here at the hospital. He's like, what? Because he's looking at my social media, like the, the medium. Like, oh, man, I thought you guys were home and this, that, and the other. No, you know, because my parents weren't together. Um, you know, I thought you guys were home. And, no, we, this is going to be the long haul. This is, you know, it wouldn't just run into the emergency room and we're back home. No. Um, you know, mom was admitted and here's some things that are going on. I said, I can't go home. Can you drop me something by to eat? He was like, yeah, sure. He's like, well, dad. And he said, he mentioned my Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still working. You know, that's work. That's not life. That's work, people. Okay? That's work. 20 years. There's 20 years of work. Right? I don't know these people. Okay? I, I, I love all the selfies. That was work. That was content, right? These are not the people that are calling to check on me, you know? Like, yeah, we're smiling in the selfies. I'm looking at the memories as they pop up now. Like, dang, when did I meet that person? It was work. How many of you remember what you did at work a year ago, six months ago, yesterday? Don't even care, right? Mm Mm-mm. I had a goal at the end of the day. Hey, I got to My reach was, it was work, people, 20 years blogging. It was, I loved it. it. It was what I was damn good at. Still am. Still get those senses like, ooh, I want to I write about this. You know? But then I remember, oh, wait, that was work. Going to the galas, you know, covering this and that, meeting world leaders, work. You know? And, yeah, that's some things I remember now. Like, dang, you know, we should be at this point at that point. You know, I was just out satisfying my curiosity and those who decided to follow me, their curiosity, using my imagination to do this. I was, my daughter, the other day, I sat down at the laptop and she was writing a paper on Spike Lee. I'm like, damn, she didn't even ask me. It's like, just, you know, my whole career, like, started because I wanted to just, I just wanted to meet Spike Lee. <laughs> I literally, literally, like, I'm like, wait, what is this life? You know, I was like, I faked, I faked being a photographer to meet Spike Lee. I felt like I had written the best book ever. I was turning it into a screenplay. And I was like, ooh, he was coming to town. And uh, I was like, hey, I'll pretend to be a photographer. I'll pretend to be press, you know. And that way I won't have to stand in a long line to get my book signed. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a photographer. Oh, I'm, I'm just here to take the picture. But can you sign my books? I literally walked up. Like, I'm not standing in that line. I, I put on all black. I draped myself in cameras. My father was a photographer, had cameras. He had a hobby of photography and uh, had some cameras. Draped myself in cameras, walked way up to the beginning of the line, you know, and uh, and uh, put my books on the table. Just when you get a minute, I'm, I'm taking some pictures, but when you get a minute, uh, can you sign mine? This is me all the time, everywhere, right? This is how I became a blogger, like trying to avoid the lines, okay? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then I, and then I said, oh, by the way, I have, I have an abstract I'd like to give you. He said, okay, give it to my boy, right? Literally, like, because you, you clearly somebody, because you don't walk past all these hundreds of people in this store to um, do this, right? Because, I mean, I knew some folk. I've always known some folk, right? I knew some folk, right? Because I'm just that person. And uh, he said, give it to my boy. He calls his boy over. And lo and behold, before anybody knew it, I guess, the boy was John Singleton. Ended up being John. Ended up becoming John Singleton. I don't know what it was then. He was Spike's boy. And they were, they were, they were getting ready to hang out. And, stay. He, and, and Spike was like, damn, Atlanta got it going on. Y'all got a, a black female photographer? Where? I mean, listen, this is me. Where? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's me. Man, you know. He's, and, and so John then goes on to say, hey, you know, we going, we leave here, we're going here. Because, you know, they, they pull you in. And, you know, Spike was like, man, this is cool. Um, you know, he posing for pictures. Y'all, I ain't even got film in the camera. I had no film in the camera. I was trying to get my, I'm trying to get my script done, right? <laughs> 
So then they proceed to give me the itinerary, and I'm like, dang, I'm, I might, I need to do Now, mind you, I got a babysitter at home. I got to get back to my kids, okay? My mom got to go to work. So, and, and, and it's the weekend, and I'm a mommy, right? I'm a mommy all day. And I was spending all my time writing, and uh, I had this opportunity to do this. And I don't even know how I even decided. I don't know how I did all this stuff, y'all. I really don't to this day. Again, exploring my curiosity, my imagination, and so forth. And so they gave me the itinerary of things they were getting ready to do. Uh, Spike was lunching his clothing line, and that's why. And he was in Macy's lunching his clothing line. I don't know what's to come of it today, but it was the whole 48, you know, all that, all the clothing and stuff that they wore and do the right thing. We're putting it in the stores and whatnot. So they gave me the itinerary, and that was like a, a press conference and, and this, that, and the other throughout the day and whatnot. Because, you know, when they hit town, they hit town, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I remember going back home and resting because I'm tired, you know, because that was like a thing, thing, you know. And lo and behold, and I remember meeting, I remember meeting a couple people that day um, that also like, oh, you know, you're new on the scene. I'm so-and-so. And and I remember somebody, I met a couple people that day. And, uh, you know, because here I am, like, you know, I'm, they, they just hadn't seen, apparently, you know, a black woman doing this, right? I, y'all, this was in, this was 2000. It's like, there were a couple, there were a couple professionally um, that I ended up meeting as well. And, you know, it was like, it was like, I went home with this adrenaline, like, what, what, what world, wait a minute, what world was that, right? I went home with like, you know, I, I, I literally went home, put away the writing, literally, like, wait, what world was that? And looked into it and learned how to really put some real film in the cameras. And here's, you know, hey, Dad, I think I want to do this, you know, photography thing. He's like, cool, let's do it. And uh, I said, I want to write with it. You know, I want to, I want to, I think I want to kind of start, a, I might want to start a magazine or a newspaper. You know, he's like, hey, cool, let's do it. And uh, and so I started, you know, um, researching and figuring this thing out and started I, I mean, literally, like, started. I, I First thing, what, yeah, we're talking about fax machine started, okay? Fax machines were a thing. I said, I think I'm going to start taking some pictures and start start writing. You know, I had a computer and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, let me use this thing. for. Let me see what else I can do with this thing. And I created, ended up creating, like, a community newsletter in mind. And I was already connected in the community because I was a volunteer and a stakeholder in my community. So I was no stranger to anybody. Uh, it's just that I wasn't writing about these people. And I started writing. I'm like, wait a minute. Because, you know, luckily for me, there's all kind of, there was all kind of apartheid in media, uh, which is why everybody was shocked to see that, you know, what I was doing was like, whoa, you're doing it at that level? I'm like, is this not, this not the beginning? Is this not where you start? They were like, no, that's well, that's beyond where you start. You're doing this. Uh, people are talking about you all over town. I'm like, wait, what? You know, yeah, because um, everybody that's got a fax machine is getting this newsletter. I'm like, I'm, I'm, you give me a business card or something, I'm, I'm grabbing every fax number I can find, and this is what I do. You know, when I go to work, I hit that fax machine, and I'm faxing, faxing, faxing. I remember having, I think I was probably one of the few people that had a fax machine on my desk. <laughs> So when I get in, you know, I had all I had all the numbers programmed in there, and I'm faxing and faxing, and I I will never forget. I went to go talk to somebody, and and they said to me, "I can't talk to you. You're media." I was like, "What?" I promise y'all, uh, I was giving. I wanted to. I walked up on somebody as I normally would do, and they literally gave me the "I can't talk to you. You're media." And I said, "What do you mean?" It's like we get to, we get your fax. Yeah, your facts, it goes all around the office. And everybody's wondering, how are you finding out this stuff? And I'm like, people tell me. People tell me stuff. You know, I just ask, you know. And so then uh, um, the Internet, you know, I remember um, I was, you know, I started sharing it. Uh, AOL was around at the time. I started, you know, AOL started growing as growing and growing and growing. And, and uh, I was actually hosting chat rooms. Uh, you know, if you remember AOL chat rooms, AOL was really expensive at the time. So if you became 28 into this, guys, if you became host or a moderator, you could get free time on AOL. This is back when they used to go in your bank account to take all your check, right? For all the minutes, you know, AOL used to charge, AOL used to charge by the minute. 
Not by the bite, not by the, you know, whatever. Until they got to the last wave. Uh, and so, I remember my entire check going one time. And I was like, wait, what the f- just happened? Um, and so, I ended up, I was like, let me hold some of these chat rooms. Let me start writing. Let me provide some of this content so that I can get some free time on there. Uh, because there was life. That was life back in the day, honey. All your life. All your waking time. Just like you're on these platforms right now. We used to be on those platforms back in the day, but you had to pay to be on those platforms and so forth. And then came the World Wide Web. So the World Wide Web wasn't really a thing at first. Like, you couldn't go to www. You had to go and log into these individual communities and so forth. Then came the World Wide Web, and that's pretty much what began to kill off AOL is because, hey, look, we don't need to go and, and, and be over there. We can just go right to WWW. People started hosting their own websites and so forth. I started hosting my own website, and that's how I, uh, that's how um, the brothers in New York found me. The Web Brothers found me and asked me to be a part of their uh, internet radio, and People, I would always say I'm live from Atlanta, and everybody want to know, ooh, cool, what's, what's going on in Atlanta? And I was like, well, let me do a website about some. Let me take all this stuff I'm publishing uh, in these newsletters that I got going out all over town. Let me start putting that online. And I started putting it online, and then I would never forget this brother called me out of uh, Arizona. And he was, you know, into code, and he was like, hey, listen, you know, there's just a little bit of code. He said, because people can't, you know, people don't have, they don't have internet at home. Not like barely dial up, you know, the numbers are so minuscule uh, of my audience that had dial up at the time, let alone, you know, broadband. I said, yeah, it's like the website traffic is like dropping off at six o'clock, you know. And he said, and and I know that you're trying to go to print and I know how expensive that is. And he said, you should go to CD-ROM. CD-ROM was brand new. I'm talking, this is what I'm talking about, people. CD-ROM was the thing back then. Uh, it was a new thing, right? CDs, right? He said you should print as CDs, and then you could then you could distribute those and so forth and so on. And 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 by that time, um, it we had become dryer buzz because the newsletters that I was printing had become popular in the salons and in the barbershop. And I was do, in the process of researching like how to take that newsletter and launch into a full-on glossy, you know, and I was looking at Ebony and Jet. I want to be somewhere between Jet Magazine and Ebony. I don't want to be at Ebony because that, that's a big risk, right, And trying to get the advertiser and so forth. Perhaps I could do a, a Jet size, you know. Uh, my goal was to become a Jet and going, in, going into the beauty salons because we'd become drier buzz because, you know, that was the easy place to distribute newsletters. Um, the little newspaper newsletter. And so um, he gave me, he, he literally said, hey, look, go and look up this code. And I looked up the code. He said, just a little piece of code. You can then download the website to the CD. And he said, and he, he literally, I'm like, who are you? I got you. It was always, I got you. Um, there was two sides to the CD. You had your audio side and you had your video side. And I mean, your audio side and your file side, right? And so on the file side, I would put the website. So when you put the CD in, if you had internet, it'll you had a link go right to the internet. If you didn't have the internet, browse the offline version. On the audio side, I would put a little piece of audio and some music. I would debut music uh, for people. And so if you came out of the salon or the barbershop with that CD... And you put that in your car, which most people did, I'll let you know, hey, there's some really valuable stuff on the CD. Make sure you explore it in the car on the way home. Take it in the house and put it into your computer, into your CD-ROM, da-da-da-da. And, uh, and that's how this thing grew. And then we started noticing the traffic not dying off at 6 o'clock, staying on. As you know, we were working also, because remember at the same time, we were working to close the digital divide, you know, increasing the priority of having technology in the home. That was really a thing uh, back during the early days is trying to get people to make it a priority. I know these things cost. I know they cost dearly at that time. Everything being so expensive at that time, um, nothing like it is today. And um, just growing with that. But again, it was about becoming that influence because we were without, we really were without influence and we still are today. 
we still are today. There are, even though it looks like there are a multitude of mediums and a multitude of platforms where we're, we're on there, but we're not exactly welcome. When I say we, I'm talking about black people. We're not exactly fully welcomed in those platforms. We are there and we dominate. We dominate wherever we go. Because we are the influences of the world, because of and all simply because of the atrocity we suffer here in America, and overcoming that atrocity and going beyond those atrocities and going well even beyond what was considered what is even still to this day considered the American dream. The American dream does not even compare to heights and levels that we as black people excel to, and that's why everybody around the world is like you know. What was if you think of even one trend, it leads back to us. Everything leads back to us. Okay, I mean, ain't nobody out there exactly trying to boot scoop. I'm just saying, and so forth. I mean, there's a platform right now that's popular because of our music, our dancing style, our our looks, our beauty, our brilliance. Right? Trying to not. I mean, you should see. I see. You should see people out there and they're putting all this seasoning on their chicken, you know, and they barely put salt and pepper, barely put salt and pepper. And let me tell you, my dad is staunch on the salt, just a little salt and pepper, just a little salt and pepper. And, uh, but my mother was like, girl, put some, put some bay leaves in there, put some paprika. (laughs) I think that probably was the biggest thing on there. I remember growing up, the only thing I can remember about my parents sharing a household was my dad. Uh, putting pepper, salt and pepper, when he, when he cooks chicken, whatever's in his house. And when he cooks chicken, it's just salt and pepper. I don't even know if it was pepper, it's just salt. Um, but it was good. It's the best fried chicken ever. You don't really need all of that. Um, but I just remember he would always put a lot of pepper on everything. I remember, only thing I re- truly remember about my parents and us in a household together is uh, I love lima beans because I used to love to eat off the plate. My mother would fix my dad because he went, once he got his plate, he would always, and he still to this day, would reach for the salt and pepper and it would just be so good. That pepper on lima beans. I could live off beans and I think I live off beans. I could live off beans because my mom would always, and I, I that's the only memory I have of them two together is the fixing of these plates. Because my parents could eat. My parent, my mom and my dad, man, they, that's just it. That's the only time I think when things were probably quiet um, and not a riot is dinner time. There was, there was something about these plates. Uh, and my mom would always fix big healthy plates. And if, if my dad to this day says anything about my mom, it's about how much she put, how much food she put on the plate, and how much she would put in her food. Like when, if I if you talk about uh, the only conversations I remember my dad having about my mom is how much stuff she would put in her greens, and that conversation would only be had when we were talking about his greens or dinner at his house, um, because apparently his whole house was the undoing of of what was ever in the relationship that they had, and it's so funny because. To this day, I mean, I am all about the beans and the peas. Uh, and it's so funny because my daughter is a, uh, is also a beans and a peas person. She loves uh, beans and peas and so forth. And I don't know that she even thinks. And this is why I talk about our imagination, y'all. I have to, I'm at a point now, uh, especially in the loss of my mom, seeing how much my parents are in my children. And I don't know that it, I I wonder now, did it come through me or is it, were they the actual influences of that? And my two oldest daughters spent a lot of time with my dad. My dad, you know, uh, when I would go to work, I would hand my girls off to him. Who He would take them to his mother who would uh, keep them for me, and I would pick them up in the evening, so they would have, you know, their mornings with granddad, and they, and they, to this day, that's their, that's their memory, that's their relationship, and my youngest two didn't necessarily have that, I took my, I took them, we took them to the parent, to my, to my grandmother, they all went to my grandmother, um, in, in parts of their lives, you know, because we didn't do the whole daycare thing, we, um, just, I just didn't want it. We did it. Um, we did it with the, 
oh, first two early on, and we did it with the younger two later on once they got to the pre-K and some daycare. My son ended up going to daycare, but my youngest daughter went to my grandmother. Uh, my the only reason my son ended up going to daycare because my grandmother passed. Um, probably when he was about maybe a year old or so. So yeah, we, we, and then even then before even putting him in daycare, I found another babysitter and then we always tried to do it and within the family, like what can we do and so forth. And I think daycare is wonderful because I love, honey, the discipline. Okay. The discipline and just having that structure, you know, my son actually spent a lot of time. He didn't, he didn't really go. Um, there was a lot of time he spent with my mother and so, but then, you know, when she had, when she would work nights, she needed to sleep all day and it just, I'm like, okay, he needs a little bit more structure, uh, than hanging out with grandma. And then to, you know, that was a different generation, grandma. <laughs> it's like, where are y'all? They would be all over the place. And I'm like, okay, you, it's time for him. He needs to go to school. He needs, he needs to go to school. He needs some, he needs some structure. He needs to go to school. Uh, instead of hanging out, hanging out with grandma, cause they would be all over the place and he would be, and he, it, it, you know, cell phones were a thing when he came along, he would call me, mom, I don't know what grandma's doing. I, what, where are we? You know, I, it's like, honey, look, okay, you need to go to school. And so then we ended up putting him in, in school and he needed that structure cause he was a very smart kid. Um, and so he needed that structure. It's so funny cause my, my middle daughter is so loving, kind and nurturing. She is my grandmother and my mother all over again. And, and it's, it's, it's just so the dynamics of us, y'all. It, and I'm just saying it comes down to our influence. And one of the reasons, let me get back to these celebrities is they're only on television, all of them. And I know this to be. 200% true. And I'm going to say a thousand percent true. Over this last two decades, it's 20 years now that we've been, that we've had these kinds of influencers is simply because their influence was jacked the hell up. Um, there's one commonality to people that we call celebrity in 2020 is this the failure of their influence, which tracks back to matriarch and the failure of their matriarch. There is not one. We are now 20 years into having reality stars as influencers. You don't make it on a reality television show if you don't have a problem with your mom. You don't get past producers. You don't get past casting, right? If you don't have issues. Look at these shows. I mean, you because if you truly have the influence and the and of of true matriarchs you ain't, tr- you just not trying to go on television and do that stuff. You're not trying to embarrass yourself. You're not trying to embarrass nobody. And it's, it's sad. And it's, um, so I, if I had a chance and let me tell you, and I even asked, uh, and I, I hate name dropping y'all know I do, but like I said, 20 years of this, I, I was at, uh, the finale event and I'm saying it was her grandest finale. Maya Angelou went on tour uh, knowing that she had limited time, y'all. She put together some things and said yes to some things. And one of those things was coming to Atlanta for a woman's conference um, hosted by Sonya Young and Maya Angelou. And there were, they said, we're going to take a couple of questions. And I was selected as one of the people to ask this question about the matriarch and about the generation. Maya would have been uh, the silent generation. She would have been the, I think she might even been 70 or 80 at the time, 70, approaching 80 at the time. So that's her generation in the, maybe at the end of the silent, beginning of the boomer kind of thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I asked her, I said, it just appears that now in our day, the people that are on television, and this may have been seven years ago, pretty much probably five at, five at the least, okay, seven or eight at the most. And I said, 
I said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a blogger and I'm, I'm getting these, you know, all these interview requests, you know, to sit down and talk to these people, uh, that are quote unquote celebrity in this day. And, you know, they're all on this reality TV and so forth. I said, and it just seems to me that the issue is that they, that the matriarch there in, in every last one, it comes down to the stability of the matriarch. To where I've developed a hashtag called failed matriarch. It just comes down that there is very little stability in the matriarch of the people that are celebrities today. And she said, and I challenge you. She said, you're right. And I challenge you to make that known. I challenge you to challenge them. I ch- That's your challenge. I'm like, did this woman just put this on me? And, uh, and so for the, you know, part of my exit strategy was to start talking about that, start blogging about that, start, you know, when these people call me and they want me to interview this, that, and that person, I'm going to have that discussion with them. Uh, I'm going to start putting that in my content, you know, um, that what's going on with this stuff. And it's like, and you, you, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that, that have had, that is having some success in a medium today that is quote unquote a star today and has I'm trying to think of the word um stability has that can go back more than themselves to some stability and they're not stable right so where is the stability in their lives? And look, if you think about the reality show, every season these shows come on, everything that they have has changed, is different. Like, where's the, where is the stability? And if they do have the stability, in the wake of them keeping themselves stable, how much has, how much has degraded? In, in what they consider to be stability for them, how much is they, and they don't even see the other stuff. If, if they're stable, they don't see the other stuff around them falling apart, falling down. They don't see it. And so I, I was like, I'm going to write about it. I said, you know what? It's causing instability in me to continue to point this stuff out. I don't want to point it out anymore. So I was like, okay, let me start my exit strategy because I need stability. I don't want to, I don't want to keep, you know, I don't want. No, I don't want to come to that. No, I don't want to go to this. All this stuff, oh, don't talk about this, and you can't mention this. I don't even want to have to deal with what we can't talk about because it's what we really need to talk about. And I'm like, you know what? I can talk. I can, now, today, you can talk about it without, if you could talk about a celebrity without even interviewing them because it's enough. They share enough stuff. Like just. But then I'm like, I don't even want to do that no more. It's, it's time out for that because this is what it is. I didn't want to, when I get to a point where, I can't talk about the instability that's now going on and with us because we were losing our matriarch, whom was our greatest influence. Um, and so I'm like, okay, there, 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 there are no, there's no parallel to this. And I kept finding myself saying, okay, I can't do this and that. You know, there, that whole duality of the honor and the dishonor can't do that. The truth and the lies, nope, they don't co- can't coexist. There's some things that just 40, with 46, uh, 10, 10 seconds going into this. There's some things out there that can't coexist. You shouldn't have to coexist. And I saw that yesterday when I became so uneasy about watching Wendy Williams come then. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, when I saw the full, because they put the full thing online, and I'm like, what you have to do now? And I'm like, wow. The clip, this is so different from the clips that people have pulled. Okay, like, why wouldn't you show, why wouldn't you pull the whole thing? Why would you pull just that piece and make her look just that bad? But at the same time, why would you go through this, right, trying to come on TV to to talk about some other people while you're going through these traumatic experiences? We don't know her today. Now we got to wait. Now this bio is coming out, and this she's doing a, a documentary and a and a sensational piece, sensationalism piece. But I'm like, and then you want us to come back? Will and Jada too. It's like now you know. Oh, this what was really going. When you have to say this, what was really going on? 
Why? Why sit through letting people say, say that you are back on drugs, that all this stuff is going on, instead of the truth? Why not the truth? Which would have been the honorable thing. Look at the outpouring, you know, and people say, you never know what people are going through. No, you don't, because they hide it, because we continue to tell people they have to hide that. And and now people that are saying that want everybody to feel bad. Nobody should feel bad, because they didn't know. You're, she was exhibiting signs that go along with everything, and has a history, like, wait, she's exhibiting signs that match her history. Because she's lying about what's presently going on. See, it's that living in error part, the lie, L-I-E, living in error. So nobody has to go delete tweets. Then nobody got to go pull this down. Now how y'all feel? Uh, How should they feel? They were lied to. And not saying something is just like lying. It's like, look at all the stuff... And I remember saying, I'm like, she might be in a safe house. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a rehab more so than it is a safe house. She was getting ready to make some changes, some drastic changes with, with the instability that was going on in her life. I think she might just be in a place that's just being safe. Now we're going to ready to watch this movie and everybody's going to be like, oh, all that was going on. But why not, why not? Say why not go ahead and say yeah that's it, it ain't even that she had to say what was going on because everybody was saying what was going on all she had to say was yes that's going on all Will and Jada had to say yes that's going on now they got to do three four five ten years of red table talks about yeah this was true too that every episode is this was true too that was true too because people know you know why they know because it looks like what everybody's going through. I'm sorry, that's some shit you go through when you're in your teens. That's some shit you go through when you're in your 20s. Oh, that's some shit you're going to go through in your 30s. Oh, you're going through that in your 40s. Oh, wait for, wait till your 50s, okay? Hell, the 60s might be the best ever because then at that point you're like, what the hell? This is how this feels. This is how this looks. It seems like 60 is and I'm like, damn, I, I hope I make it to my sixties so I could be like and, I'm, I'm, and look, I ain't even I ain't even trying to make it. I ain't even I'm trying to make it, but I ain't trying to wait. I'm like, look, I'm gonna do that now. I'm gonna do this thing called how I got out of bed. I'm talking about it now. Y'all, if you want some stability, the only place to be stable is in truth. That's the only place to be stable. There is, I want to say the word nothing, but there probably is some things. It's like hell, because I was 20 at a time. I was 30 at a time. I was in my teens at a time. There's some stuff. You know, you're like, wait, wait, wait. Why do I do, why do I do this like this all the time? You got to figure it out. And I, all I'm saying is figure it out sooner. The sooner you figure it out, the better you're going to get out of bed. I can't imagine. Yes, I can. I know exactly how hard it is for her probably to get out of bed. She got to be live in 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 an hour. In fact, there's so much instability going on with her. We don't even get to watch Wendy live in Atlanta. We have to watch the tape thing because they're like, they don't know what the hell going to happen in that time she's live. They have reordered all of our television. We don't even get live. No, no, no. We don't get Tamron live. Wendy done jacked up television for everybody because of the instability that they that she endured and allowed others to endure. All because they were trying to hold on. I get and the only thing I think of what the the, the show the money. Because I know I know what true truth truth the parallel to truth sometimes is broke. Okay. Depending on what your value system is, right? And she like, I don't want to go back to this. I certainly don't want to go back to that. I got to keep this money on it. So, therefore, I'm going to sit here and let y'all call me all out my name, call me all kind of things, say I'm back on drugs. And all she was doing apparently was trying to protect her son, whom, God, I pray for this young man, y'all. I pray, I pray, pray, pray for this young man that he has some stability somewhere. Because she talked about, and, and those who 
omitted this part because this this was her this is where her humanity slipped in and how dare you want hits for showing a black woman with humanity okay all of y'all that shared the other clips okay she was she was trying to endure because she has the sun and They've reached a part of life with all where everything has changed in their life. It's like, look, let me ease my son through this and still come on here and entertain y'all who want to be at the bottom rung and know the bad things about everybody, you know. And I'm like, that's sad. That is so sad. That is so sad to have to tell your child, now I got to go do these degraded things on television. Uh, while we're going through the worst, the worst moment of life, she admitted that too. She's like, "No, this is the worst." Let me tell you, losing your parents—that's the worst. That's the worst, right? It hurts like freaking hell. So if she had a couple of shows where she couldn't get her thoughts together, she was in that fog. She couldn't be consoled because nobody knew what it was. What's going on with her? Why is she back in this fog? Oh well, you know she's a she's 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 a she was a she's a former addict. Must be back. Must be hitting that stuff again. She on that stuff again. It's like wow, she was simply grieving. That's crazy. That is that's crazy, but I know because she ain't the only one. Everybody else is like because. There's not a lot of people around you that says, hey, you need to take some time with that. I'm so glad I got a phone call in the midst of mine. They said, listen, I know you're trying to get back, trying to get busy, trying to stay busy, trying to do this and that. It don't look like you felt this moment yet. It's going to come. It's going to knock you off your feet. You keep moving, keep trying to go. Hey, that's good. But do know it's It's coming. And I and and I'm like it, it might have been lost on me in that moment. But when that time came, is that that wall? Like, wait, there's another wall. I'm gonna hit another wall. And I and guess what? I had to pay that forward because I got a friend going through it too, and she's trying to get back out there. Stopped by the other day, and I you know I said she's trying to do like me. She's going to the brunch, you know, trying to go do some things or whatever. I said I know what it is. You know, to get to go out there and do things, then you get on that road coming home and you realize what you're going home to. Empty. You know. I know. I said, well listen, let yourself feel it. It's gonna come in waves. It's gonna come in waves. You gotta pay pay these things for. You gotta pass them on, you gotta pay them forward, y'all. You know, I know, and I'm saying that to say we got some bad influences out there. We got some bad influences. Influencers out there you better recognize that's all I can tell you you better recognize we got some bad influencers and you probably know because it's causing some instability in your life I'm not trying to be one I'm trying to be a good influence and I hope that this is not your first episode because I'm I'm that good influence in your life uh, for sharing. These are the thoughts in my head. I'm waking up, getting out of bed today, recognizing there's some bad influences out there. And I need to have discernment as I go on throughout my day because at the end of the day, I want to rest well because I want to do what tomorrow? I want to get out of bed. On that note, I'm going to tell you, Listen. Oh, and this is, if this is your first in, in, in first episode, I hope I was a good influence. And guess what? It's not a lot of it's not many people that can that will say that can say that. I hope I was a good influence on your day, on starting your day, or on the middle of your day. We try to make sense of your day. I hope I was a good influence. And let me tell you where there's some more influence uh, in this process of how I got out of bed. I did a full-on 90-day series when, when I hit that wall that people warned me about. I'm like, I, I can't get out of bed. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try 90 days, and this is how I want to get out of bed because I want this to be my discipline. I want this to be my behavior that I get out of bed with stability in my life. 
uh, respecting and understanding and valuing the people in my life, the opportunities in my life, the chances, the choices that I make in my life, the risks that I take in my life and understanding that my life for what it is influences others and that is something I hold dearly even though I keep telling y'all I don't know why y'all looking at me and I do know because I have submitted to my submission is that I will be truthful in it I will be honest about it and it ain't a lot of us it's a very very wonderful circle of people that just want to be honest with this thing with our time here just want to be honest with it right and, uh, and that's why I said I want to be a good influence. One minute left to tell you. Listen, some of this stuff, I have written it down, y'all. I have written it down. A lot of these experiences, a lot of this influence, I've written it down. Uh, you can go over on shopdryerbus.com. Go check out the bookstore. Go and check out the bookstore. I need to write more. No, you can't. You can still go to dryerbus.com. It's going to bring you right over to shopdryerbus.com. Um, but some of that content, when I talk about meeting all these people and, and exploring this life that I did for 20 plus years, it's out there on various platforms or whatever platform you're on. Just filter with the hashtag dryerbuzz and you can get a sense of some of that, some of that life um, that I live when I found out how unstable the world is. That's the biggest takeaway I have for 20 years of blogging is how unstable, how unfreaking stable the world is and how much, how many lies were out there and, uh, and, and people just did not want, people don't want the truth. They don't want it. They don't want it. And it's a very small audience. One of the things I learned when I, oh, let me stop 10 seconds. Um, but listen, I got to stop. We'll come back. We'll talk about some more tomorrow on how I got out of bed. Go now to dryerbuzz.com and follow at dryerbuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.